Hello and welcome to Cubicles in Christ. Kelly Johnson, certified leadership coach and founder of Be Well My Soul, is on a mission to encourage and inspire you to be spiritually authentic and thrive in life. Let's join the conversation with Kelly now. God is always speaking, but there can be times in our lives when everything seems to be falling apart, where nothing is going well, and that no matter how hard we try, we just can't seem to move forward in a good way. Today, my special guest and I are going to talk about the role of disruption and how it often precedes finding our purpose. Join me in the conversation with Crystal McFerrin and be sure to come over to the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook. We would love to extend the dialogue there. I'm really delighted to have a conversation today with my special guest, Crystal McFerrin. She's a single mom. She is a marketing pro, top-notch in her field, highly accomplished woman of God, who I would describe as tiny but mighty. Um, This Texas native girl is just a superstar in her field and um, has such a tender heart for the grace of God. And I know that you're going to really be blessed by her story today. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for that great introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here as well. And just funny story. You know, I think Crystal and I, our, our friendship is something that is just a testament to God's providence and his timing as well, because many, many moons ago, you and I worked together at the same organization, but we really didn't work closely together. We were in different departments and we had no clue that we were both believers. Right. I know. And and, and it's amazing to have reconnected all these years later and talk and, and share. And it's amazing he's brought us together. Absolutely. I'm super thankful for that. And it just, you know, when you and I had coffee the other day, it was like, you know, this is why we need to know in the workplace that it's okay to be spiritually authentic, right? I completely agree. I I was going to say, I feel like, you know, so many people feel that they can't share that. And I know that'll be part of our conversation. But, um, you know, I think back to all those years ago, and and if we'd openly share shared that, you know, how things might have been different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's dive into that. I mean, I think what we're really talking about is being spiritually authentic at work. And in the case of us being co-workers, you know, I think about the benefits that could have been there for both you and I, you know, having someone to talk to from a spiritual perspective, or if, you know, we were facing some decisions. I mean, I know you went back to school during that time that we worked together. So, I mean, what would you say or what benefits do you think there are to being spiritually authentic at work? I think that there are a lot of benefits. Um, You know, I feel that having an outward working of your inward face is really important and and being able to share with others, you know, that you find your identity in Christ and really make that the foundation of your life, not, you know, just at home, but at work and, you know, in your family and to ask every day, you know, Jesus, how do you want me to respond to situations at work? How do you want me to interact with others? And, you know, I feel like there are a lot of things that vie for our attention. You know, we wake up and we've got this massive to-do list and outlook reminders. And I really feel that if we strive to seek Jesus first, then that sets up our entire day. 
Yeah, that's really good. I've been lately meditating on what it would look like if I let the Lord really lead me in the areas of how I use my time every day. (laughs) Struggle, it really is. It's a huge struggle. And um, it's probably one of the areas that I have surrendered the least to um, in terms of my walk with Him. But it's, I love what you're saying in terms of seeking Jesus first and seeking him in all things, like whatever is on your agenda for that day, your to-do list, but even your interactions with other people, whether they are believers or not. So what would you say in your own life? What does it mean to be spiritually authentic? Um, Again, I feel like it means, you know, to have an outward working of your interface and to be completely transparent in that and share with others and, you know, God is there and he cares and he's capable. And a lot of times, you know, we, we lean on ourselves and, you know, if we desire for the world to know that we choose Christ and just kind of lean into that. And it's not always comfortable at work, but, um, I I think that that is finding spiritual authenticity, letting him guide us in all that we do. And, you know, we fear that people don't want to hear about it, or we fear that it might offend others, that they might not share the same beliefs we fear. I know myself, especially fear rejection. And so I think that if we can put that fear in its place and love more than we fear and, you know, and, and love and honor him and also others, because we want them to know him. then I think that that, that's exactly what spiritual authenticity looks like. Yeah, that's really cool. The other day, my husband and I had dinner at Whole Foods. <laughs> I love Whole Foods. <laughs> I love Whole Foods too. Um, and it was one of the few moments that we were kidless and we just needed to grab a quick bite. And so we were eating and the table behind us, it was um, three people, two men and a woman. And they were also having a meal and they said grace publicly um, at Whole Foods, right in the sort of eating area. And, you know, my husband and I, we just sort of paused and we were like, that's really cool. We say grace publicly, but to be honest, you don't see it very often. And so it's always interesting or refreshing to see others do it. And, you know, I would love for you to maybe sort of dive a little bit deeper because you've said a lot of really good points about spiritual authenticity, you know, being completely transparent, letting him guide us, uh, loving more than fearing the rejection from a very sort of tactical, practical way. What is that looking like for you at work? I mean, if someone says, yeah, okay, I want the Lord to guide me, what would you say that would look like in a typical work day? That's tough. And, and to be completely honest, it's something that, that I've struggled with. And reconnecting with you has been huge for me because I realize you know, just how much. Um, and, and I love what you're doing with Cubicles in Christ. And Aww, Thank you. You're so welcome. And, you know, it's, it's been amazing to listen to your podcast and to read your messages and kind of step back and reflect on that and think, how can I do this? How can I fully invite God in, you know, in every environment, every aspect of my life? And I, I know that that leads to peace. And so I think that at work, you know, that just, again, loving others and responding, you know, it's tough sometimes when there are difficult situations at work and you have conflict, things like that, but always responding with love and, and bringing prayer into work. I don't think that, you know, a lot of people think that it's taboo, but you, know, you can't 
separate the two and you can't always say, okay, I'm going to wait. And then at home, I'm going to pray and I'm going to go to work and I'm just going to do my own thing and control my own life. Um, and so I think that merging the two and, and, and just sharing his love with others and, and not being afraid to talk about it. Absolutely. I think that's really important. Um, what you said about one always responding with love in all interactions. And that's hard to do because sometimes, you know, we, we, we get up in our feelings. I know I do. <laughs> Others may act in ways that we don't believe honor him. Or, and, and so I think that's when it's really important. And, you know, you might be afraid, hey, I'm, I, I don't feel that I'm honoring God in what I'm doing. And, and that's when it's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even the the prayer aspect, you know, I have many experiences over my career long before I was even thinking about being spiritually authentic. Um, But I've had a few instances where I have been in meetings and I am praying silently during that meeting. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I would, I mean, if, if an example comes to mind, I would love to hear it. But I remember in particular in a meeting with a boss that I had at the time. This was back when you and I worked together and he was pretty difficult. And there were times where I felt like he would assign me work that was unfair or um, just sort of excessive or the direction he wanted me to go just seemed like a lot of busy work. And I was really frustrated with the situation and was also struggling to find my voice in a way that would be respectful because I was afraid that if I really communicated with him my thoughts or feelings, that it probably wouldn't come out super professional. And so I was really struggling to find my voice in that situation. And I remember being in a meeting and he was about to give me direction on a project. And I just felt like that conversation was going south really quickly. You know, it felt like yet another sort of busy work assignment, another like do it again, do it again, do it again type of situation. And I just started praying and I asked the Lord to bless him. And in the middle of him talking, he goes, you know what? Never mind. That's okay. We're just not, we're not going to do that. That's okay. (laughs) It was incredible. I was like, what just happened? I can't believe it. And so, you know, outwardly, I'm trying to like keep it calm and keep it together. Like, mm-hmm, yes, okay, I agree with you. That's that's the perfect decision. <laughs> yeah. um, but are there any examples that come to mind of how you've maybe prayed silently in a work situation? Um, you know, I, I can think of a work situation where yeah, I think I kind of mentioned earlier about, um, you know, being, I don't know if you would call it being involved in practices that aren't honoring him or things like that, but. I was in a position where I was involved in recruiting and, you know, the company was very focused on culture, recruiting for culture. And what I learned over time was that that meant recruiting people who were all very similar. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that very, very much. And I just felt like, okay, I'm doing exactly what I'm told at work, but it goes against everything I believe. And so, you know, over time, God removed me from this environment and I was devastated by this. I think, you know, anytime, you know, we're let go or or something like that, you know, it it really shakes you up and, you know, because work is such a big part of our identity. But looking back, I know that he removed me from a situation that was not good for me. Wow. And I I love that because 
You know, we're in really difficult times in the world. You know, there's a lot of hate message out there. There's a lot of fear as well. And I think one of the benefits we don't always talk about on this show, not for any particular reason, but, you know, responding to people with love, praying while we're at work, just being open about our faith. Those are all extremely important aspects of spiritual authenticity. But I also think that as believers, you know, we're called to be the salt and the light, to take a stand for what is right. Absolutely. And I look back and I think, you know, I should have been able to take a stand. You know, I'd questioned things and I just, you know, received answers that went along with, well, that's our clientele in our culture. But I wish that I'd been able to lean into my faith more and just step up and take a stand and say, no, I, I strongly disagree with this because this is what I believe and I didn't do that. And so going forward, again, that's part of, you know, spiritual authenticity. And, you know, I I want to be able to do that. Absolutely. It's about, you know, being kind to others and praying, but it's about sharing his message and his word and leaning into that and not being afraid to bring up Christ. Absolutely. And I believe God gives us experiences where we have to take baby steps. And sometimes those baby steps are just having a greater level of awareness of, wow, you know, I'm in a situation that either doesn't feel like it's honoring Christ or whatever the situation may be. And so I think, A, you know, please don't beat yourself up. We all have to walk this journey out. We learn from every experience. So if you're ever in that situation again, because now the Holy Spirit has given you a greater level of awareness, you'll be able to respond differently. And each time something like that comes up, we get better and better. I agree. So let's talk a little bit more. I mean, you shared a little bit about your journey to integrate your faith into your work, but let's go a little bit deeper. And what has been your experience over the span of your career? Um, with integrating faith into my work? Yeah. Like what, how has that unfolded? I mean, I think you know, from a spiritual maturity and growth standpoint, for example, I know when I first started working in my 20s, I wasn't very mature and I certainly wasn't spiritually mature. (laughs) No, definitely not. You know, we worked together. I I definitely was not spiritually mature. I was young and, you know, shortly after that, I became mom and um, wasn't until several years later after those early days in my career that I really found a strong foundation in Christ and and looked to Him to lead my life. I always, you know, when I was young, I grew up, I've always believed in God. You know, growing up, we occasionally attended church, but there was always something missing in my life. And for so long, I really craved for life to make sense. And it was always about achievement for me. You know, I did, you mentioned, I went back to school and I got two masters and, you know, I just always felt like I was never enough and there was something missing. And, you know, I, I didn't look to him and, and, and trust in God's plan for my life. And I think before I let Jesus into my life, I was completely lost, but, you know, laid out in my career as well. Yeah. So talk about how did you juggle being a new mom, going back to school? Take us back to that time, because that was a lot on your plate. It was. It really was. Um, I don't think I slept very much at all. Um, I I decided to get my MBA when I was pregnant. So that was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired all the time being pregnant, but um, and then having a newborn and finals at the same time, it was extremely difficult. And then you work all day. And um, so I, I feel like I was constantly juggling, constantly stressed out and 
um, you know, I'm not going to lie, but it was a difficult time in my life. I look back and, and I think that he carried me through that for sure. I, I didn't know what the plan was for my life and I didn't know where I was heading. And um, he knew exactly. He always, my early 20s were definitely a time of uncertainty and trying to figure out who I was and what my calling was. And I think that I placed my hope and security in other things and not in him. It's only been in the last 10 years or so that I, I really leaned into his unchanging truth and into his word. And the only thing that I've seen work in my life to protect my heart from, you know, deep wounds of loss or rejection or failure is the constant pursuit of him, his grace. You know, I mean, I feel that the more that we invite him in, the more peace that we find. Wow. That's so powerful. How did you make that transition? Because I know also over the span of time, you know, you went through a divorce. So how did you make that transition? And it's interesting you should mention that because it was shortly after my divorce. It was, I have a son. And so it was his first Thanksgiving away from me, spending it with his dad and Thanksgiving Eve. And I was driving home and I just felt completely, and from dropping him off. So I felt completely empty and lost. And I was driving by my church, which, you know, I attended if, if I had someone with me, you know, if my mom was in town or my grandmother was in town and I had this huge, just, anxiety, I guess, about attending church alone. And, and I felt cold. And so I went to the service that evening and, and it was really a turning point in my life. And I think that it kind of took my life falling apart that I realized how much I needed him and, you know, that I couldn't dig my way out of where I was, but he loved me right where I was at and that he would see me through. And so, you know, it wasn't like i changed that day and I was 100% all in. And um, obviously we, we talked about work and I feel that he really gave me strength and everything that I tried to do to find peace apart from him failed miserably. The more that I have trusted in him um, and, and desired to know him has really, you know, just given me a, a new life in Christ. And so, you know, I, I just see more vividly every single day how strongly he's working in my life to bring me closer to him. And, and he's divinely placed people in my life who speak holy truth and love and words of wisdom. And I mean, like you, mm-hmm. I mean, that was not by chance or coincidence. I mean, he, he brought us together and, and, you know, I've leaned more into his word and, you know, when I have questions or I want insight on something, God speaks to me through the Bible and what he shows me is always, always perfectly suited to my question and a better answer than, than I ever could have found. I've learned that he's there, that he cares, that he's able, and he's always willing to answer my question. I feel that he always graciously speaks to me when I need direction and he cares about everything, you know, what kind of job I have, what I'm doing at work, how I parent, and, and even the little, the smaller decisions that, you know, affect my life or what he wants to accomplish through my life. He cares. And, and so I'm, I'm trusting him with my life and, and where that will lead. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. I just, you know, I hear your heart right now and it just is so beautiful. And um, I appreciate your vulnerability because I can totally identify with how I actually believe. And I, I talk about this in my, my book, Emerge, which is, I believe that 
our purpose is usually preceded by disruption. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love the way you phrase that. I mean, it describes it perfectly. It is. Mm-hmm. And our natural tendency is to resist disruption. I mean, no one wants a relationship to not last. No one wants a serious illness or financial challenges or a job loss or whatever that is. Our human nature, we want to be comfortable (laughs) and we want things to go smoothly. But I have found in my own experience and just, you know, talking to other women that he really shows up boldly, mightily through our disruption if we listen, if we are open. And I love, I can just imagine you driving in your car and passing by your church and the Holy Spirit sort of calling you. It's such a pivotal moment, such a major life transition. Yes. And, and, you know, that was a big turning point for me when after that, I, I felt like it was okay to go to church alone. And I really just dove deeper and sought him out. And, you know, I feel that to go through life with any type of peace or confidence or success, we have to be connected and always relying on him. And, and until I came to know him, I was searching, you know, and testing other possibilities and finding them lacking and leaning on my own understanding. And but when we respond to him and his invitation to be in relationship with him, then that's when we find that that feeling of, you know, satisfaction and completeness. And he equips us to to live our lives with a plan and, and he can lead us in that. And I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, so feel free to dive in. <laughs> No, no. What you're saying is so great. And what the verse that's coming to my mind right now, and I'm trying to, I I may not quote it perfectly, but it's the verse that says that when we are at our weakness, his power is made complete. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's what is coming to my mind right now, that when we are at our lowest point, it's, it's when he is allowed often to show up in a significant way or a meaningful way. I'm purposefully not using the word big because I think sometimes we look for these, you know, fireworks in the sky moments and, you know, this big bolt of lightning. And it's not always as as big and grandiose as that. Sometimes it's very subtle, but right. nevertheless meaningful and impactful. And basically what we need in that moment. And so you know, for anyone who's listening right now where you're just feeling super weak, you're feeling very low, I just want to encourage you to um, lean into it. As Crystal has said a few times, you know, lean into whatever is happening versus resisting it. And, you know, that doesn't mean have a pity party forever. It just means that when you are at your lowest, this is a prime opportunity to really rely on the strength of the Lord and not lean to our own understanding. And so I just want to provide that encouragement because it can be very hard. And even when we are walking in our purpose, or maybe we are being spiritually authentic, there's going to be times that the enemy comes in and he's like, oh no, hold on. Like she's (laughs) she's spending way too much time with the Lord and she's like listening to him way too much. Let me come in and disrupt or let me come in and 
try to burden her down. And so sometimes we don't even know, okay, is this just an attack of the enemy because I'm on the right path? Or is God allowing things to unfold in my life because he wants to get my attention? Sometimes that's really hard to distinguish between. Would you say anything about that? Um, Just to expand a little bit on the enemy attacking you, the closer you got, I mean, the harder he tries to attack and Mm -hmm. fill you with lies. And I mean, even in this, this podcast, you know, you know that I, so I was scheduled to do it last week and it just all of a sudden, you know, I felt just overcome with doubt and insecurity and, and I thought I'm not good enough to be on this show. I'm not, you know, spiritually mature enough. I'm not as, you know, just great as the other guests you've had on and I'm going to get on to sound stupid and, Aww. you know, I just felt really attacked and, and like I wasn't enough. And, um, and, and so he's always looking to, to attack you. And, and the only, the only thing that you can do is to soothe that is replace those lies. Yes, absolutely. You know, the Bible says that if we resist the enemy, he will flee. And, um, so slightly funny story, um, of a time where I resisted the enemy and didn't, it wasn't elaborate. So one thing that I have found as a sort of quick way to resist the enemy. So when he brings in those thoughts of unworthiness or those feelings of not good enough, um, or even just not being able to resist temptation, you know, I find that singing praise and worship is one way to resist the enemy. Yes. And so funny story, I was fasting. Um, This is some time ago, but I was fasting and I was in the kitchen and I was like, there, there was, there was some kind of like sweet treat, like calling my name. And, (laughs) and like, I was, I was about to give in. I was like, yeah, that cupcake or whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was, but it was looking really good. And it was totally calling my name. And I'm like, you know, just this one time, it's not that big of a deal. And as I was standing at the counter, the verse came into my heart, which was resist the enemy and he will flee. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just said it just like that, just very matter of factly, resist the enemy and he will flee, he will go. And so I thought, okay, okay, well, I started singing a praise and worship song to myself. And you know what? I had enough strength to just get a drink of water and move on, like get myself out of the kitchen where all the temptation was. (laughs) And I thought, wow, that was so simple. You know, I didn't like go pray for 30 minutes. You know, I didn't read the scriptures for an hour. You know, (laughs) sometimes it may take that. But I was like, wow, thank you, Lord, for just a simple example of what it looks like to resist the enemy. And, um, you know, I'm not kidding. Like, literally, the craving was gone. And I was so thankful for that moment. I love it. You know, and I I feel like we have those moments every day, the little things like that. And sometimes we don't even recognize that is the Holy Spirit. But I mean, he's constantly pursuing us and and leading us. And, you know, we were created to be pursued and filled by God's love and his goodness. um, No, so I I love that. And I feel like you and I have talked about nudges. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many little nudges like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, I think when we met for coffee, I was sharing an example of how I felt the Holy Spirit nudged me to even do this show. 
and um, have a desire to be spiritually authentic, even as a business owner. And it's something that I wasn't really doing in my corporate career. And so I think I was I was probably sharing that it's been a struggle to maybe recognize or discern when it's the Holy Spirit nudging me and when it's just an idea or thought that I have. But I have now learned that when I do feel nudged by the Holy Spirit, I have learned to respond much more quickly. Than, <laughs> than what I used to in the past. I used to sort of drag my feet. And so I, when I say that, or when I said that to you, you know, that I felt like a nudge from the Holy Spirit, to be quite honest, I was like, she's not going to know what I'm talking about because you are half crazy, Kelly. <laughs> no, no, absolutely no. And, and even just reaching out to you, wanting to connect and meet for coffee. I mean, I know 100% that was a nudge. Mm. And I thought, okay, she's not going to meet me for coffee. She's too busy, you know. Um, and it's just the little things like that every day, you know, leading you to be better. And, and you know, I, I was so focused on other things for so long. It was all about achievement and success and and you and I discussed this, but the more successful I became, the emptier I became. And, and I was always searching for something, you know, for purpose, for value, for wisdom. And, and, and the bottom line is I was searching for Jesus. And He just constantly pursues us. And, and you know, when we become enamored with other things in the world that will, that at the time they offer more fullness than God, then we make room for that. And so we leak out his fullness to make room for something else that we want to chase, whether that relationships or material possessions, you know, at some point in time, every single one of those things will reveal its absolute inability to keep us full. Oh, girl. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The more that I just trusted him and and listened and paid attention to those nudges, um, it, it just, it gets better. Yes. And, and in Psalm 23, 6, David reminds us of the Lord's trust and fulfillment. Um, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then and, and that kind of reminds me, there's a quote, a C.S. Lewis, who I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not your business to succeed, but to do right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. So how did you learn? to even know that that's the Holy Spirit nudging you? Like, how did you figure that out? You know, and, and I feel like, again, sharing this, being really vulnerable and sounding a little crazy. Um, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just constantly filling me with these messages. And, and, and a lot of times it's analogies. I know it sounds crazy, but the other day I was cleaning the litter box, which is just the absolute worst thing to do. <laughs> cleaning it and I'm like, wow, no matter how much I do this, I see but there's all these little pieces and little pieces fall through and cleaning it up. And I feel like that's kind of me. It's like I um have done all this work on myself and in trusting him and um, you know, constantly pursuing him. But I will always be a work in progress and, you know, the human flesh is so imperfect and mm-hmm. I'm I'm a mess and, and and you know, without him I'm not good. None of us are. Yeah. And so it's just listening to those messages, some of those little messages like that. And sometimes it's nudges like, hey, you need to reach out to this person um, or you need to go here or do this. Or, um, and, and I think it's just, you know, praying and, and staying in his word and, and letting him lead you and, and trust. Control is a hard thing for me. You know, I've always wanted to control every little aspect of my life. Me too. <laughs> 
I just think that, you know, he's always at work and, and he's aware of our deepest needs and, and our deepest hurt. And, and if we let him, then he will take the reins. And- Absolutely. I have found that the closer my relationship is with him, the better I have been able to distinguish um, the voice of the Holy Spirit versus my own thoughts and ideas. And, and to be honest, as a believer, I think that there were decisions that I made in my past when I wasn't super close to the Lord that it was the Holy Spirit working, but in His grace and mercy and in His goodness, He allowed me to think that that was me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to let her think that she came up with that idea, but it's really me. And later, as she gets closer to me, by reading the Word of God and by doing devotionals, by really um, attending church on a consistent and regular basis where I am fed biblically, all of that has attributed to the growth in my relationship with the Lord. And I believe there is like a one-to-one correlation with the quality and depth of your relationship with the Lord and your ability to tune in to His frequency, His radio frequency. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that. And I agree that worship, worship is huge and just being in a strong community with other believers. I, I never realized how much was missing from my life and how much deeper my relationship with him could be until I had that. And I surrounded myself with others and, and let him work, you know, through me, through prayer and, and leading me there. And so I, I, I do, I feel that he, he's always at work and he's always there. You know, and, and for so long in my life, I not only did I not always know what that looked like or have the ability really to, to trust in him and, and to listen to him, but he's amazing and, and he will guide every aspect of your life if you let him. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I know that we're going to close out in a moment and you have graciously offered to pray which I'm so thankful for. And I've just loved our conversation today. I'm curious. So, you know, what's next for you? Where do you feel like the Lord is starting to lead you? And um, what are some of your hopes and desires? I feel that He's leading me to pursue Him and not worldly things and success and, and to share His message and His love with other people. And I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I definitely feel this calling, this desire to share that and, and to share my story. And also, you know, that you can be successful and, and still honor him in everything you do and still have, you know, a relationship with Christ and let that be the foundation of your life. They don't have to be separate. Absolutely. And I think a, a key takeaway that I'm really connecting with from our conversation today is about this whole achievement thing, you know, I was also that way where I, I wanted achievement to fulfill me. And it was rooted in my childhood and just having some really difficult experiences. And I think at the time, school achievement was something that I could control, right? I couldn't control what was happening at home, but I could control my performance, my achievement in school. And so that was really important to me. And things started falling apart as I went on to college and and my career because I wasn't rooted in the Lord, you know, so I made some bad decisions and I had some bad relationships that 
really veered me even further away from the Lord. And so, you know, it's one of the things I talk about in my book, but I think the achievement trap is something that the enemy uses a lot. And I think, you know, we start chasing after achievement and that could be achievement isn't always about school or career. It could be achievement of, you know, the perfect size too. Achievement of, you know, a certain relationship, achievement of a certain, you know, house or whatever. There's lots of ways that I think that spirit manifests itself. And I think it's important to really call it out that it is a trap of the enemy or it can be. It's okay to be successful. And I believe God wants us to have nice things, but it has to be done in a way where he stays first. Yes. Yes. And we allow him to provide those things at the right time and in his way. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I feel like I could have said those exact words. Um, I mean, I I can relate to that so deeply. And, um, you know, I feel that, you know, my childhood and, and rejection, abandonment are part of my story. But because of my relationship with him, they no longer define who I am. And it's just trusting that you were forever loved by him and, and, you know, his steadfast love is so much more than words. And when you can just truly believe that and, and let that be the foundation of your life, then, you know, you, you turn away from that desire to, to constantly achieve and to be better. And, and, you know, then when rejection comes along or loss, you know, it really, it steals the security of everything that we thought or believed was beautiful. Um, and it leaves us scared and fragile and vulnerable. But if we have the relationship with Christ, then it's completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know that the listeners are going to want to connect with you, Crystal, um, because I know that there is so much more to come for you and people are going to want to follow follow that story in your journey. How should people connect with you? Um, anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. You just look up Crystal McFerrin, and that's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, McFerrin, M-C-F-E-R-R-A-N. So definitely reach out, connect to me, send me a message. I'd love to talk to you. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, I have so enjoyed you today and just our time together. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Shall we pray? Sure. Okay. Father God, thank you for your unfailing love, your blessings, your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to guide us and and to see us through times of uncertainty, for lifting us up and setting us on high. Thank you for the scripture that comforts us and reminds us promises. Thank you for taking away our fears and worries, the what if, the struggles, and, and reminding us that peace comes from you. Help us to be good stewards and to go wisely. And help us to abide instead of strive to live peacefully and joyfully as heirs to your kingdom and co-heirs Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's so powerful. Thank you for that beautiful prayer. And um, I've just so enjoyed this. Thank you, Kelly. I enjoyed it too. All right, everyone. Until next time, we'll be back on the first and third Monday of every month with a brand new episode of Cubicles in Christ. In the meantime, feel free. We'd love to have you join us over in the Cubicles in Christ community on Facebook. Thank you for joining this episode of Cubicles in Christ. Be sure to visit BeWellMySoul.com 
for fresh biblical inspiration and practical ideas to thrive in life. May you grow in peace, love, and soul prosperity. Mm-hmm.